welcome to the Coaching Coach podcast. My name's Joe Wright, and today I'm joined by the wonderful Casper Craven. Welcome, Casper. Hi, Joe. Fabulous to be here with you. Thank you. Now, I'd love to introduce you in a way that how did I come across you? I saw your book on LinkedIn and the title grabbed my attention, Be More Human. I thought, I need to read that book. I need to, I read the book and I devoured the book really quite quickly. I loved it and it made me realize that you're a hugely inspirational and successful person in business and you've got a lot of fabulous gifts to share with the world of your experiences, of your stories and it all comes to life in the book. But I wanted to get you as a guest on our podcast because I know you can help so many of our organisations who do listen in to understand the challenges and how we can really help organisations build high performing teams. Because I think more and more organisations are recognising that they are a, a system made up of fabulous and diverse rich teams, but are they tapping into what makes for high performance? And we talk a lot about it here at Coaching Culture, but your book for me absolutely brought it to life with so much colour, richness and humour and stories of your life. I thought, Casper is, is on my get on the podcast list. And here you are. So thank well, you for joining us. Well, that's very, there's, there's some very kind words there. So thank you very much. And it's, yeah, it's a privilege to be here. So. Now I've got a, a number of questions I'd love to ask you, but let's just go with this as a, a conversation, see where we go. Any surprises are all good surprises. So, um, you know, let's just let's just see where we go. But my first question is to just to help us understand a little bit more about you for people who may not know about Casper and the special gift you've got to share with the world. Gosh, okay, so um, the special gifts or who, are, who am I? Do I with go with who you are first and then we'll talk about okay. your superpowers. Oh gosh, it's always hard to define yourself, isn't it? But I think the um, my, my my obsession is uh, taking on um, audacious goals, uh, which other people say are impossible, and uh, doing that in a way that is fundamentally uh, more human. Yeah. And um, you know, I'm, I'm sort of think I'm relatively um, contrarian. Um, that everyone says like, well, this is the way things are done. It's like, why, 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 why done that way? Let's yeah. find a different way, different way to do that. So I guess, you know, over my career, I've done a number of different things. So I started off in traditional routes. Um, so I trained as a chartered accountant, probably the most painful experience of my life for years of doing that, so absolute numbers. Um, and then five years investment banking. And then ever since then, I've been doing uh, entrepreneurial things. Um, and in amongst that, I've sailed twice around the world, uh, once on World's Toughest Yacht Race, once with my family team, so three kids under the age of, uh, age of 10 whilst also um, carrying on building businesses at the same time. Um, so uh, I get, yeah, got to that point in my career where I came back from my last adventure and I wrote uh, my first book about that uh, called Where the Magic Happens, which is all about stepping beyond your comfort zone, yep. which of course is where the magic happens. Um, and then I've, I've been on the speaking circuit now for about five years, but the first two years I was talking about the stories that came out of that. And, you know, the, 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 the thing was that the, the stories that came out, they were very, very powerful because the insights that came out of it, because basically I'd share lots of mistakes that I've made because I've made quite a few of them. <laughs> so I just think it's far more interesting. There's lots of people who tell you how great they are, but I'm quite, I'm quite good at telling people how rubbish I've been at, uh, at different things. And, you know, one of the things about that was that um, I realised that that book, I just looked like some posh bloke who'd been on a boat for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. Well, OK, well, that, that's interesting, but it also switches a lot of people off. And therefore, it actually that stops the messages sort of um, coming out. So therefore, um, hence uh, writing Be More Human, which is bringing those principles to life, saying, how can we rethink 
how we work together yeah. um, as teams, both at work and at home, because there's a lot of um, implicit assumptions that I think we accept. And I think some of those things need to be held up to the light and uh, challenged, because I think there are better ways to do things than, than what a lot of us do at the moment. I love the way you just sort of really quickly, even without taking a breath, describing a little bit more who you are and kind of just throwing in that, yeah, and I sailed around the world, yeah, once with my family with three kids under the age of 10. It was like, yeah, throw away, you know, that is phenomenal. I mean, I think we should just stop and pause there and you sailed around the world with your family. Mm. I mean, people struggle to have three kids under the age of 10 living at a home in a house taking them to school, never mind sailing them around the world. That was, that must have been... Well, I, 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 I struggle with all that, that stuff as well, by the way. Sort of tantrums <laughs> and taking them to school. I'm, we're, not, we're, not, we're not immune to all, all, all those different uh, things. Um, so, yeah, no, probably the toughest thing I've ever done, actually, that, that sailing adventure with, with the kids. Um, but I do, I do think, though, that when you do extreme things, you learn at a far faster rate because you have to. Um, so, by the way, I, I should mention, when I mention about the sailing thing, most people normally think I'm absolutely insane um, to take my kids around the world. So let's just, let's just call that one out there. That's the usual reaction. Oh. And the answer the antidote, antidote to that, by the way, is uh, the most insane amount of preparation, five years of preparation to cover. And I can talk about some of that. But um, Well, you yeah, cover some of that in the book, don't you? And you co cover about like the um, what other people said to you, your family, how crazy you were. This can't even, you know, this is, can't even happen. And, 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 and it did because you set that big bold goal to make it happen and you made it happen, which is which is just phenomenal. And you know, while people say you're insane, I just think it's unbelievably inspirational. And I would imagine you probably had some very scary moments. Um, I certainly don't think some posh bloke just sailing around the world in a boat. This sounds like climbing Mount Everest with three kids on your back. That's what I've kind of got in my mind, which just, wow. I mean, what a journey for them as well. I mean, how can how can normal life even be a thing for them now? It's like this must be boring in comparison. Well, it's interesting because they, they, you know when you talk to them about it, and they just think it's the most normal thing in the world because well, you know that's what they, they did. They, 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 they just lived it. Um, but it's interesting. I mean, a lot of the uh, the things that I talk about in, in Be More Human, I I I really um, hope that we have instilled in them, in our kids, some of those um, um, some of those values and some of those things that are important. And, you know, we may get to talk about this, the whole sort of, uh, you know, fixed mindset, growth mindset yeah. thing. And, you know, we, for example, we have in our sort of uh, kitchen at home, that's a huge great big uh, painting which we co-created, which says we are learners, yeah. because yeah. I think that's one of the most useful identities, which is another topic we, we can cover, um, um, in, in terms of, you know, really sort of embracing that, that mindset of curiosity. And so I think that, um, you know, spending that amount of time with our kids and uh, them sort of seeing how we reacted, how we dealt with different situations, I would hope that's, um, you know, one of, the, one of the key enduring things that they take from it. So. Phenomenal, phenomenal. And I'm, they will thank you when they're old enough to realise <laughs> what you actually did for them and with them. So let's go on to, uh, well, we talked about superpowers. Mm. I mean... I mean, I think you've already started touching on some of them, to be fair, to actually achieve what you've already achieved, you know, so much in your life already. What would you two talk about superpowers and about harnessing them? What, what are yours? 
I think um, I, I get I get uh, I get very excited and energized about um, about the future and you know what is uh, what is possible yeah. out there and um, I don't know I, I guess there's something about that that everything that I've done I've been incredibly uh, fortunate um, to end up being surrounded by just some of the most amazing uh, people and um, you know all the things that I've done <laughs> not been me doing it it's just been an amazing team of people that managed to sort of um, ended up sort of um, surrounding myself so um, so maybe there's something in there around uh, bringing some energy enthusiasm and uh, looking forward to a picture of um, tomorrow which is more exciting more vivid more real than the picture that we see of today so um, maybe that's maybe it's maybe it's tied up in that so that's an inspirational visionary then and I mean you and I touched on this before the actual podcast itself in terms of finding your tribe and surrounding yourself with brilliant people I think you know I, I think it doesn't and we'll go on to talk about this in terms of high performing teams but you know I don't think it happens by accident I do think that you know we do attract a certain you know if we give out a certain energy we attract those kind of people back in and and then build together um, and I do think it's a real skill and a real um art in building high performing teams it doesn't just happen and you talk about it in your book um you do the analogy of watering a garden and kind of how you grow and you have to keep going back and then you talk about the football pitch kind of it's like how it gets bigger all the time and and i think about that how we do things here at coaching culture and it's exactly that it doesn't just happen one day but you can yeah. start feeling the magic when it does start to happen and you know the ingredients that have gone in to make it um we, we laugh here because somebody called our conference recently um, a, pe a, a beautiful people stew of like mm. fabulous ingredients. All the words. <laughs> Absolutely, people stew. And I thought, you know what, that kind of sums it up. We are fabulous ingredients. And then you bring us all together, like all on our own. We're just parts of the stew, but actually bring it all together and it, it creates something fabulous and, and interesting. <laughs> I love that. I often think about the analogy, you know, we're cooking an amazing meal, right? Yeah. So what, what, what ingredients do we need? And um, you know, every, every, everyone's got a voice, everyone's got a view. Yeah. And um, it's like, okay, well, let's just make sure we're getting the best of um, everything uh, coming together here. And um, you know, when, when you boil it down to that level, it, 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 sound, it sounds relatively simple. And of course, it gets more complex because, you know, people have emotions and all those sorts of things. Um, and there's different things and mindsets and so on that get in the way. But uh, when it comes back to it, then it's, uh, it's liberating the talents of everybody in your team, isn't it? absolutely and that is what i absolutely love about what you know being able to do this ourselves here just seeing people grow and develop is just and all and me too all of us we're just constantly on a, on a journey of growth which is lovely and and we do talk a lot about the growth mindsets um fixed mindsets don't don't kind of you know we just the growth mindset is the only one you know for us and, and that's what gets the best out of people so let's talk more about your book um i know that i've shared a little bit already on linkedin and people have already gone out buying it i've said sent it to people on email today <laughs> um i think it's really valuable it it's it's just so rich of your life story interspersed with really what matters but i'd love you to share why you decided to write it mm. and i know it was following on from where the magic happens and you decided that sounded like you're a posh bloke Around, sailing around the world but actually there's a there's some fabulous things in here um tell us tell us more about why you decided to come to this book and then tell us more about what's in it yeah no yeah thank you the um i guess you know the the, the journey that i've been on has been you know learning at the extremes 
and finding a number of things that are embedded truths um, that we'll live by. And, you know, what I wanted to do in this book was to call those things out and just to rethink from first principles, how do we go about building um, our teams that are capable of achieving, um, you know, big goals, small goals, whatever whatever, whatever the goals are in front of you. And I think that, uh, yeah, there's some really core messages in there that um, just go against the conventional wisdom. So one of the, the first stories, as I go back to um, the, you know, the first uh, yacht race that I was on, and um, the, the skipper then, she had this saying that a, a fast team is a happy team. And the logic was, well, if the boat was going fast, then we'll be happy and we'll, we'll go even faster. And I've got this picture that I share in my talks, and basically it's just like just miserable faces because like everyone's just like just utterly focused um, on the numbers yeah. and uh, you know, not enjoying the experience. And uh, it's just this numbers fixation. And I realized that the logic absolutely matched the, the business logic of, of the day and, and still in a lot of places. And I think back to my time, so I trained as a chartered accountant at uh, Baker Tilly and then at um, KPMG for five years. And it was just that numbers driven culture and people were the afterthoughts. And it's like, you know what, there is a better way than this. And I realized this because when I was, um, I was uh, had to build uh, the businesses to make the make, uh, to create the money to go off and do our uh, sailing trip, and I was modelling that whole old world type of things, and I was driving the people in the business ridiculously hard. And um, basically, my business partner Ed, he he basically pulled me to a side and he said, "Casper, you're being a nightmare." He wasn't quite as polite as that. There were a few more F's in there, <laughs> and um, and I realised that um, I was just doing everything that I hated and didn't want to do. The Wolf of Wall and Street in Casper Craven. Absolutely, I was like, "What am I doing?" And it was really painful at the time because I thought that was the right way. So then it's like, okay, well, let's look at how can we do this in a different way with really understanding what's driving each person in, in the team. Yeah. Um, yeah. Why are they here? Why do they care? And just looking at it from a completely different um, lens. And it's interesting, by the way, um, because you realize that uh, these embedded things are all around us. So I'm actually um, here in, in my dad's house, and uh, there should be a picture on the wall just here. <laughs> what, does it, what should it have said? <laughs> Well, I'm going to take it down. Uh, I took it down Why? because it, it was this. <laughs> Is it lots of money? It's lots of money. It's like it's, it's like you know, it's an old five pound note and so on. And you suddenly realise the programming you have all around you. It's just like it's it's all about the money rather than about the people. And it's like no, no, that's completely the wrong way around. And I think in so much in, in the working world, we just take it for granted that it's driving for results and people are the afterthoughts and we don't really think about it. And it's only That's I know this we're coming on here and it's quite a powerful metaphor, isn't it? It <laughs> is indeed. It's, I uh, like the fact that you've actually taken it down. That's quite funny in itself. I would well, never I, have noticed it, honestly. I, <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I, I would have felt inauthentic if I'd been talking about that and there'd been a whole bunch of like notes behind me. It would have just been wrong. So... <laughs> So I guess that's one of the um, uh, the core things that I want to drive out. And, that, and then I think one of the other messages is this whole distinction between work life and uh, and home life. And I've learned so much from my from my home life, and I take insights from home life to work and vice versa. 
Um, and I don't think it's talked about enough in the workplace, including COVID has, has, has shone a, a light on this. But, you know, when I was building my business, uh, not only my, my, was my business partner saying I was, I was being a nightmare, my wife was saying the same sort of thing as well, because whatever comes up, right, those patterns follow you around to all different parts exactly. of your life, don't they, of course? And, you know, we got to the point where, you know, things were pretty crunchy and it could have been the, yeah. could have been the end of things uh, between us. And so we actually sort of sat down and said, okay, well, let's rewrite the story of the future that's more exciting than the one we've got of today. And so we went through a whole process and a journey. That's one of the things that, you know, I go into into a little bit more detail in, in, in both books. Um, but it's um, it's that record. And they, they actually, there, there was some research that came out in early 2020, and it revealed that over two thirds of they, they surveyed 500 people. Over two thirds of these high performers at work um, were experiencing problems in their home life, uh, which is not entirely surprising. Mm-hmm. But nobody talks about that, right? No. But it's going to be real. And you have an argument at home and you go to work and it's like, you're not focusing on your work. You're thinking about that, Absolutely. aren't you? And you go home and it's like, you know, I'm not saying we should do marriage, marriage guidance counselling at work or anything like that. But it's that recognition that we all have um, a, a work life and we have a home life. And what we should be equipping people with is the skills to thrive in both areas of their life, not just in the work area of their life. So, uh, you know, one of the, the, the 20 principles is, is make yourself at home. So how do you um, create your story at home for what you as a family are going to do uh, or what I mean, we've all got different home lives they'll look different but you know whatever your home life looks like so I think that's a really important um, thing that needs to be talked about more because ultimately it all adds up to the one big thing which is life it Absolutely. all you know that equation work plus home equals life and that's what matters doesn't it absolutely right Absolutely right. And, and, and being more human in the workplace, and this is why I kind of grabbed hold of your book because I, the, the, the title just got me because I knew that's that we talk about it a lot. And and I recognise that actually being human with people, whether that is fun, direct, um, nurturing, empathetic, all the things that you would be at home, yes. you can be at work. You 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 know. I always say to people, why do you? Why do you have a work mask? You know, I've coached people that literally they put on a, a mask at the minute they walk through the office door. And it's like, well, why? Because I was advised that's what I needed to be. I couldn't bring my true self. And it's like, oh, and this was like earlier on in my career. And I was thinking, this doesn't make sense. This is bonkers, in fact. Absolutely. I mean, like, how exhausting is that? Well, I mean, like, I went through it, right? That you're trying to run two personas. It's like there's the real you, which is actually what's driving the show. And then there's the, the thing. But I mean, that, that is, that's classic fixed mindset, isn't it? That I have to be this way. Yeah. And back in my corporate world, it's like I had to be this way. It's like, well, how about if I'm just like who I am and just sort of speak the truth? And, you know, okay, I'm, I'm having a rubbish time at home. And it's like, okay, there, there it is, right? Yeah. So, um, and, yeah. But I think I think that goes right back to your fixed mindset. So, so- Obviously, you've got, you've picked out the number 20 for the 20 principles of the high-performing team. And I would and genuinely encourage people to go out and get the book and, and read through these principles because they are fabulous and, and they all truly resonate. Um, and, and they're all really important. But if you, if you only had three of these to pick, which would your favourite three be? Gosh, that's always a hard one. Because that's twenty down to three. That is literally. I'm not saying discount the other seventeen. I'm just putting who's who's at the top of the principal leaderboard. um, So I think I'm just taking a cue from where we've just started um, there. 
is uh, I'm probably I'm probably going to wrap a couple of principles into one. Actually. Oh, it's, it's about the, the 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 learning how to learn, having the yeah. humility. Um, you know this mantra that uh, you're not good enough yet, yeah. and that, that, that applies to every single one of us. And therefore, it's like how do we go about um, learning and you know keeping that learning mindset. It's funny actually. This uh, this uh, summer, I signed up to to, to start uh, join a rowing club, which I've never done before, and I'm also doing a course on disruptive innovation at uh, Cambridge University. Oh wow! Right? Because I just want to make sure that I'm just getting fusions of sort of uh, that sort of uh, learning and uh, mindset uh, coming in, and uh, that's you know, two very different learning experiences. It almost feels like going back to university actually. Too, Does those. it? That's that feels like I love it when constant learning. Constant learning absolutely feeds my soul, to be honest. It absolutely does. But I don't think so, I could do the rowing. <laughs> Not on real water. Well, so I, I'm out there. I'm wobbling around like an idiot, but I'm, I'm quite enjoying it, to be honest. It's quite <laughs> There's my fixed mindset. I couldn't do the rowing. I, I don't have a fixed mindset apart from rowing. I couldn't do that. There we go. So that's exactly. good. So, so yeah, so, so learning how to learn, I think, is, yeah. is, is probably one of the, uh, or re maybe relearning how to learn, um, oh, like because that. sometimes we forget how to do that. So I think that is definitely a really um, key one. I think probably I would go to trust next, um, because if you don't have that trusted, that safe space, then um, you won't push the boundaries and, you know, Going, pushing the boundaries, uh, failing, um, yep. and uh, you know that the the only way we're going to tackle the challenges we've got in front of us is trying lots of different things, and most of them won't work. So, and the only way we're going to do that is creating you know, a psychological safety. Is obviously the phrase that, that comes out. But I think it's creating that trusted space yep. where it's okay to experiment and, uh, and innovate. It's funny, one of my um, uh, businesses I like to reference is um, a company called Simply Business. Um, so they uh, were an insurance company. They, they, they started small, in a grain massive. But one of their core things was they built into the, the whole um, culture of experimentation into what they did. So they were running 60 different experiments every week. Anyone could suggest different ideas, wow. but the whole machinery was set up that we can bring these different ideas Brilliant. through. How do we think about it? And, that, and then they built that from scratch. So um, again, you only do that if you have a trusted um, space to do Definitely. that. So learning how to learn, trust. Um, I think the other one then is probably the it has to be the pole star story. Yep. Where are we all, all going together? Yeah. Uh, and engaging people in that journey. Yep. Um, so yeah, if it's a small team, co-creating the story together, totally. working out why it's important, and uh, not doing what so many organisations I've worked with, where it's a lip service thing. You've got to go deep and you know, understand what each person's connection is. Well, they've certainly got to understand that. So it's um, those would be my three. Well, they're brilliant. And, and uh, you know, again, we, we we did a conference, a virtual conference in COVID world, all about trust, um, mm. to build a mm. trusting culture. And through, you know, feedback, conversations, truth, honesty, transparency, all the great things that that seem so obvious, but aren't all. And, and, and we have a phrase, um, a culture of trust builds high performance, not the other way around. Yes, there we go. Yeah, absolutely. There we go. There we go. I, I, I see the echo. I love it. I love it because it's true, isn't it? Because if you're feeling trusted, if you're feeling safe, if you're feeling that you can learn and you can fail um, and you're all going in the same direction, it's just all the ingredients for brilliance. Yes. Um, yeah. Which is fabulous. 
I mean, those concerns are still there, aren't they? Whether we, we speak them or not. And, um, you know, of course, we don't get them into much. We don't want to share everything, but certainly yeah. a lot more than I think people uh, generally do. And, um, yeah, it's, it's by, by that show. And it's by the way where, where I always share all my mistakes because, you know, what you realise is so many of us are doing exactly the same one. So, therefore, let's make it okay to, um, to do that. There was some research, actually, from Harvard Business Review um, a few weeks ago. I think it was your know, leaders who share more about themselves, build more trust, which is not terribly surprising, is it? Totally. And um, but it, but it's making it okay to do that. So um, I definitely encourage leaders to uh, you know share you know where their challenge, where their mistakes are, and that doesn't fit the conventional uh, model of a leader, does it? I mean, it's like you know they've got to be someone's like, oh, the answers here we go, and it's like really. Yes. <laughs> but I consider that so old school. That was probably what we experienced in the early nineties, or you know things yeah. are changing, and 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 definitely. COVID has shone a light on what really matters. Uh, you know, we're constant. This is why we're talking today because we clearly have got similar thinking on this and what people require from their leaders, and they want them to be more human. Because yeah. the more human you are and, and bring that human self to work, whoever that whoever you are, it shouldn't matter. Bring out and bring out those strengths and in that person. Then yes. that can only add to the richness of the people, Stu. I guess. Absolutely, absolutely right. I mean, it's um, yeah, we're all humans, aren't we? So exactly. that's why I, that's why I have the on the on the on the cover of the book, by the way, the uh, little uh, symbol there. It's obviously a thumbprint, and it's like if you ever the, the reason there, if ever ever you're stuck and not quite sure what to do in a particular situation, just look at that, look at your thumb, and say, what would a human do? And it's like you know, it's like it's, it's not it. complicated. Right? So it's, um, do you know? I didn't even think to ask why there was a thumbprint on there. I knew it was a thumbprint, but I didn't, but absolutely, that's great. Just look at it and what, we're not a robot. We've all, we've all got one, right? So we've all got fun. one, absolutely. Oh, that's brilliant. So you do talk a lot in your book about something that I don't think is talked a lot about, which is the home team and the work team and the similarities, because at the end of the day, back to the conversation we just had, we're all human. So I just think, well, people, people are people are people. So know how to treat people and you won't go far wrong. And that's the same for home versus work. But you, I think you are the first person who I've experienced who've actually brought, connected those dots in terms of not just talking about work life, home life, because that's been around for a long time, but this is actually about the work team and the home team. And even my husband read this morning when I posted on LinkedIn, he was like, what do you mean by the home team? And he thought I meant, my, my team here at the office with me. I was like, no, they're the work team. You're part of the home team, husband. You're, he said, well, why didn't you just say family? I thought that's probably a good point. Why didn't I just say family? Um, <laughs> he was sort of challenging me on my LinkedIn post. Um, but that's what you're meaning, isn't it? You know, the dynamics of a family and the dynamics of working in a team. And I often talk about coaching conversations. It's a life skill. It's not just one that you pick up at work and drop when you walk out of an office or whatever. So tell us more about that because you bring it to life brilliantly in your book. Yeah. Well, thank you. So look, I always talk about the, uh, have the notion in my mind that you have to run things through the filter of the real world. And there is no filter that is more real than your family. And, you know, I often talk about this, this notion of sort of taking ideas from work and applying them at home and vice versa. And to which people often say, well, that's ridiculous. I'm not going to go and do a vision statement with my family at home. It's like, well, not in the sense that you're going to go and do it in work. But actually, if you go and create um, a vision statement or the language I prefer to use, a story of 
where you want to go. Um, it is, isn't it? Um, or you go and create a set of values. If you try and do that at home in a corporate way, nobody will listen to you. But if you try and do it in a human and very real way, which is what we did, so we created a set of values as a, as a, as a family team. And we absolutely live those values and they saved us in lots of uh, challenging um, situations. When you run it through the filter of the real world of family, you really understand what living a set of values means. And that brought values to life for me in a way that I had never been able to access in corporate world. So once we created our set of values at home, I then took them back into the workplace and said, okay, this is what this means. Now I really understand this and let's create a conversation about this because that's frankly what it is. It's a conversation. It's not a set of things that live up there on the wall no. because, um, you know, I, I remember saying, someone saying, you know, our values are on the wall. It's like, well, can you take them down, please? Yes. Because, you know, <laughs> these things are meant to be lived. Definitely. So, so, you know, for example, with the values, um, you know, we 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 did uh, we created a set of values with with our kids, and basically, what 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 were what were they? They were things which we wanted to um, do more of together as a family. So we had things like um, uh, learning, understanding, understanding is such a key one, isn't it? Understanding that you know we all do things for different reasons, and so we ended up creating this great big um, painting. Um, the, this is the second painting we've got on the wall at home, and. Um, the we and we talked about you know what do we do when we live these values at their very best um so we we went deeper than just sort of saying you know sort of uh, understanding it's yeah. like something mean and then the most important bit is we created a really simple process with how do we bring that to life um uh, in the home environment so what that meant for us is over breakfast every day um so certainly we're on the boat and we would just do values prices and i would sort of go around each of the table and sort of call out each person, something they've done done well, some small micro detail that probably nobody else had noticed. And they give them stickers um, for it. And they had values charts and so on. But basically, it was just creating a conversation about the things we wanted to see more of. Because so easy, it's to, we can focus on the things we don't want to see yeah. uh, more of and all the problems and the challenges. Yeah. But that's how you build people by telling them what they're doing well. Yeah. So I did that at home. And then we went and did a similar thing. And we adapted it slightly for the office. So it was once a week. And I'm giving out bars of chocolate. And then getting other people to go and do it. So I think this fluidity. Because, you know, what, what is a team? It's a, a team is a group of people who trust each other. And whether it's a home or work, it's the same concept, right? Yeah. So a team doesn't just have to be at work. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I take concepts and take them from one place and put them in the other place. But again, running it through the filter of the real world, which I think is better for, for both instances. So. Brilliant. And in terms of organisations that you either work with now or you've worked with in the past or you've built your own organisations and businesses successfully, in terms of how much do you think organisations are recognising the value in high-performing teams? Yeah. It, so, I know um, it, it seems like an obvious one, but, <laughs> but is it? Are, are people really, you know, I would want people running out buying your book because it is so brilliant. How much are organisations recognising that they are made up, they are an organisational system made up of so many wonderful, multiple diverse people, individuals, teams that actually put them all together. I, and that's about harnessing the brilliance of them. 
So, so, so you and I are on a similar mission, right? So, <laughs> we it's, are. It's, it's, so, so here's, here's my take on it. I, I, I defy you to find any organization in the world who would say, we don't want to build a high-performance team because every every organization yeah. says, want to go and do that. But the question is then, how do you go about, uh, how do you go about um, doing that? And look, I think it is definitely the, the, the clients that, that, that we're engaging now with, with, with our company. I mean, they are, they, are, they are varied and far from technology to finance yeah. to pharmaceutical to all sorts of things. And it's great to see that um, drive coming through. But what, what's interesting is that you see um, different roles inside the business um, engage with these things different more. So I did a talk for, um, for a law firm a few months ago. And I've got uh, my, 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 my recent book, uh, Big Bold Goals, uh, which basically goes into the, it covers the, the, the set of principles. And I had on the call, I had the head of HR and I had the um, the COO of the business. And I held up both books. I've got the one here. Yeah. Um, and I said, I'd like to send you a copy of, uh, of my book. Which one would you both like? And the COO said, can I have Big Bold Goals? And the HR person said, can I have Big Bold Human, right? <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> so it's not entirely surprising. But I think... <laughs> I think the rubble will hit the road when talent and um, clients gravitate towards the organizations that genuinely care about people, that genuinely care about purpose. That will be, I think, the thing that drives things. And I think, you know, we, there's a lot of talking clear in the air at the moment of the great resignation, the yeah. needing to invest in people and so on. And the organizations that I notice are the ones who are um, holding on to their talent and attracting talent are the ones who care. Yeah. So uh, it's it's a pretty powerful commercial. It's not just the right thing to do ethically. It's the best thing to do business-wise as well. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, I, I, and that's been... I mean, it's been happening more and more, hasn't it? But COVID has kind of just, you know, it's magnified it onto another level. Um, you know, we found it just here at Coaching Culture. We were talking pre-COVID about building a coaching culture, which are all the same sort of things, you know, authentic leadership, managers, mm-hmm. you know, building trust, great conversations, feedback, coaching conversations. And, and, and many organizations are going, yeah, yeah, we, we know we need this. Now it's like, oh, we really need it. We, we, we can't manage people the same anymore because people are hybrid working or they've all been working from home and actually people needed support. They needed empathy and I've not known how to show that before and because all I was doing was talking numbers. Yeah, no, it's been, it's been a bucket of cold water for a lot of people, hasn't it? The, it uh, <laughs> the ice bucket um, challenge right there. Yeah, no, really, it has. And it's, it has. Um, but it's, but it's, it's not going away anytime soon, right? Because um, this is, this is, I think, is the, well, I would say this, wouldn't I? But this is the, where I see the world going. So. Which must give you comfort for your kids, to be fair, because I often think about that, building a future where our children will be proud that we've had an input and an impact on the organizations that they're going to be joining maybe very different from the ones we joined from school university whatever actually making such a deeper difference to the way organizations operate yeah no it's really interesting so the the the, the vision that just suddenly went into my mind so i'm, I'm down there with my, my 14 year old son and i suddenly imagined so what would happen if he went back into like and joined the accountancy firm that i did back in 1993 it's like oh my god it's like i want to go and do that and it was like what a terrible culture to to be in it's like you know ingrained in numbers and fixed mindset yeah. and uh, and having to look good rather than actually um, you know figuring out the answer to things so and and also and this is something i shared the other day on, on linkedin as well was the number of hours worked is no longer the badge of honour. 
Oh, Whereas nice. actually it used to be, it was kind of who's, you know, who's the latest in the office? Who's locking up? Oh, wow. Still here at 10 o'clock. Brilliant. Get the pizzas in. You know, new, I, I remember turning up at like sort of a uh, quarter of nine once and someone turned us off. Half day is it, Casper? And it's just like, and it's, it's just like, you know, it's all those types of things, isn't it? It's like, it's... <laughs> What now? To be fair, if you were a post person, then that would be a fair comment. To be fair, because you know they're in dead early. But if it was a normal office hours, that's not acceptable. But I think that that still does happen. But I think mm -hmm. it's happening less. Yes, I, I believe it is. So I, I, I think I think the answer for for a lot of organisations, because I think there's a, there's a fear that if a lot of organisations bring on the, the what I would call the, the be more human approach, mm -hmm. then it's like oh well that's all soft and fluffy and that means that our results are going to fall, and that's why I leave you know the, the company name is Big Bogle. The only the only way you're going to achieve audacious goals, you know, not five percent, ten percent, five x or ten x, yeah. and really push the boundary is by unleashing the potential of your people. And um, I think there's this misconception that uh, you know looking after people is is soft and fluffy you know so the coo saying oh, i'll have big bold goals i don't want to be more human because that doesn't sound like the right sort of thing it's like okay. well it's, it's it's coming isn't it so. definitely and it is one of those myths that we have to bust that actually back to trust leads to performance not the other way around and and, and actually having that the you know it, our people are the future and the potential and harnessing the power of them collectively is exactly i suppose what be more humans about and, and high performing teams but if you if you had to pick out your greatest learnings out of your whole career and you've had a fabulous inspiring career and it sounds like you're as we talked before the podcast we may both be living till we're 120 so we're not even potentially halfway through um what have been your greatest learnings so far that's question number one, and then I'll, I'll move on to another question about the future. It's funny, the, you know, I, I feel like I'm just getting started, to be honest. The, um, so I think about greatest learning so far. I think um, for myself, I would say it's humility and um, just to sort of, you know, that whole thing, you know, recognise you're not good enough yet. Who do you need to learn from? Where do you need to be around? Super. And um, so therefore that takes you on a fascinating journey of discovery and, and curiosity. Um, I think uh, when it comes to, um, to, to teams of people, um, I think that the fact that humans are both endlessly complex and, um, and remarkably simple at the same time. Yeah. What do I mean by that? endlessly complex because we all have emotions yeah. which is the reason that we do things um even though we often think it isn't um but that is the the, the driver that yeah. drives everything so and and that is you know one of the most um um infuriating and challenging things when you're running a team trying to understand that but then the simplicity comes from the fact that once you understand that people only do things for their reasons not your reasons it's kind of like the formula to unlock that and it's like okay well tell you what why don't i ask them because well they might not know all the answers but i'll get further by asking them yeah. and i'll build more trust than if i um, try and assume that they're working to my model of the world because they won't be because we're yeah. all different yeah. so um i think um, that's probably one of my most enduring um, insights so. so that's interesting because i suppose there understanding i suppose there's a level of understanding the brain and understanding the power of the mind the psychology behind each individual and i think mm. the more something that doesn't seem to be spoken too much about in organizations is the likes of neuroscience and psychology but actually 
the two together are so powerful once you recognize what's going on in somebody's brain and actually what's going on inside them based on their background their history their environment their experiences you really start to build up a true picture don't you of of the why it really is. I mean, it's funny, one of the, uh, I, I go down a lot of different uh, interesting rabbit holes. The one I've been going down for the past uh, few months is a massive deep dive into Richard Dawkins' world, oh. uh, the evolutionary uh, biologist. Yeah, brilliant. And, the, the way, and just sort of reflecting on that, that, you know, that we, the, the human animal uh, yeah. reacts and responds in a different, in, in a certain way. Yeah. And the, the, and the, we have yeah, a certain set of uh, chemistry and it's all um, understandable once you think of ourselves as an animal. It's like, well, why are we doing that? And it's like, okay, well, there's all these different things here, which takes you into the realms of psychology and uh, yeah. neuroscience and so on so it's um, just a different lens so it totally is so fascinating learnings i love the um the humility um in fact we didn't get to share we didn't get to speak we may have to do another podcast where we talk about the, all your mistakes from your career that you said <laughs> that you want to talk about that could be quite an entertaining one yeah, we've got long enough for that. <laughs> <laughs> we could both share stories of um, <laughs> career mistakes how long has everybody got brilliant well that's what it's about worried. though they're far more interesting, aren't they? Well, we'll do we'll do Joe and Casper part two. Um, let's talk well, about our, all our mistakes. How long has everybody got to listen to them? And what about any nuggets of advice for people? Whether it's um, somebody sat at the board thinking, right, we're putting the strategy to get say strategy, right, Joe? The strategy together, or actually, it's a leader of a team and they're thinking, I don't even know where to start here. I'm I'm, I'm struggling. I've got a few challenges going on. What what would your advice be to to um, leaders in organisations who are thinking, my team are doing stuff, but they're just not high performing, or my organisation isn't. Where would they go? Yeah, yeah and that's a great question. I think the um, so I mean, it's it's. I'd I'd love to give you just one silver uh, silver magic bullet, but but it's going to be it's going to be a few, isn't it? Yeah. I think the um, it's there's a very simple question that I ask people and it's this past present future um, lens which we'll come across in the book yeah. where do we spend our time focused and I always think that to get a team um, aligned to get a team excited um, is saying okay what's that story of the future that's going to be different and like, I naturally get drawn towards the future but not everybody does some mm -hmm. people get drawn towards the past some yeah. people get drawn towards the present so it's going out there into the future and saying let's co-create that story out there which is exciting yeah. and that is the, the and, and you do that by listening to each other and you know why people care about that because you have to get everybody pointing in the same direction yeah. Um, to start with and then I think after that it's sort of you know sitting down with each person it's like well, yeah, why does that matter to you why do you care how are we going to start moving you to the journey where you what are the skills that you need to develop next because I truly believe that you know everything that we're doing is wrapped up in a set of skills and if you're here and you need to be here it's like okay, what next skill you need to learn right yeah, yeah. That's, that's closing the gap isn't it but start in the future what do you need? Where do you need to be? Yeah. And then what are the skills gaps that are going to close that? Not what are the quarterly numbers that are going to close that, no. but what are the skills gaps that are going to close that? And I'd probably add to that, actually, in terms of skills <laughs> gap. I often talk about um, mindset, actually. What are the... What are the what's the mindset and you and I touched on it again pre-podcast about a number of different mindsets but what what's the mindset what are the behaviors we need to get us there as well um mm. I often feel that skills are something you know you can go out and acquire but actually working on mindset back to the comment we made before about the psychology and kind of really understanding what's going on inside somebody's mind and head you know yes. let's work on what that is because that's showing up in their behaviors every day 
Um, Absolutely. Um, I, I probably cheat a little bit because I, I reframed the, thinking about the growth mindset as developing the skill set of that or belief as a skill set. So, um, yeah. so yes, yeah, so I think we're saying the same thing, actually. We are, <laughs> we are, we are indeed. And in terms of, so, so you talk very much, you're drawn to the future. Mm-hmm. What is your vision of the future then? So wherever, however far that may be. Yes. Um, we talked at the conference, I did a vision session at our conference only last week and I was talking about, you know, even just in 10 years time, what could that be? And how even now we don't know what the roles of tomorrow are going to be. We just haven't got it defined, but we can't just wait for it to happen. We've got to be ready for it. And the way to be ready for it is to actually, you know, build our teams, nurture the people, um, avoid this great resignation. And actually really, you know, the risk of not caring for your people and being more human is too great. Yeah. Um, but talk to me about the future. What is this future that yeah, you're no. drawn to? I mean, I'm intrigued. So, look, I, am, I imagine a world where um, you know the you know teams of people can come together, and you know whatever you dream, whatever you can imagine, and to think as you know expansively, think as audaciously yeah. as yeah. you can. To say, what are these things that we need to do? Because we need that thinking, right? When you listen to the, the climate change um, yeah. uh, challenges, when you look different uh, channels social media and how that's hijacking our brains there are huge challenges that we face today and i would love to you know have uh, uh, imagine a world where people feel capable of taking on those challenges but together as a team where there's humanity right at the core of that where people actually care about the people they work with and it's doing something that, that truly makes a difference. So, um, you know, I, I hope that, you know, out of all the, the mistakes that, that I've made, the painful lessons that I've gone through, there's some useful things there which can help other people on their journey. There is nothing more satisfying than hearing a story or a message of someone who has gone something, done something different as a, as a result of the ideas that I've shared. Yeah. For me, that's absolute fulfillment. So therefore yeah. it's just like, well, okay, let's just dial it up to the maximum level that we can. And it's interesting that you say that because um, we looked at some Accenture research recently and, and one of their three um, core areas that they believe we need to focus on for the future is absolutely about leading with humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them was about digital fluency, but the other one was it's not all about technology. It's actually, you know, you've got to couple it here with leading with humanity. So, you know, you're, you're definitely thinking the same as the organisations who are getting it right and who are working towards that future where um, it is more about the humanity, isn't the Wolf of Wall Street back to the 1990s and the things that we've probably experienced um, and bringing them all together will really bring fabulous teams working together and and everything that you talk about. So I think that's a, a future that we should aspire to, but also absolutely start making happen now absolutely well like i mean i'm in huge admiration of the, uh, the the mission the organization that you're building because it's putting the same messages out there isn't it it's it, it's and it's trying to it's doing things in a, in a, in a better way isn't it? it is it is and it, it does it you know i think we've probably both learned from from mistakes but also learned from you know i've learned some great things from great leaders that i've experienced in in my career but also the not so great and actually it's how can you you learn and then reflect on actually what has made that person or that team be better than 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 other teams i've worked with and and it, it, 
the ingredients are all there and, and we've all got it to be able to give as well, I think, to, to make a difference in organisations and teams. Yeah. Absolutely. It's funny, actually, you mentioned the reflection there. That would have been a contender for another a piece of wisdom that I wish anyone to have is take that time to do that reflection yeah. piece. There's Ray Dalio who shared the formula pain plus reflection equals progress. That you know, whatever that pain point is that's challenge that follows you around relentlessly, and you know, from home to work and work to home. And it's like, okay, we'll stop, just stare at that in this and just sort of figure out what's really going on there. You mentioned and that in your book, don't you? I, that's ringing a bell. Yeah, absolutely. I remember from when I read it in the, uh, on the, in the Scottish Highlands as I was there devouring the book. Well, thank you so much. Is there, is there anything else you would love to share today? Obviously, our coaching culture listeners will be listening to you because the message will totally resonate. But is there anything else you'd love to share today that you feel that you want to share, you've missed out or I've not asked the question clearly? Anything um, at all? That's very kind of to ask. I think the... Um... I don't think I think we've we've covered a lot of a lot of good topics there. It's um, so I think that's been been, been 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 a good outing for, for, for a lot of the ideas. I guess the end thing is, like, if anyone wants a conversation, then um, yeah, I, mean, I love just sort of you know having conversations about this exactly as we do now because it's important, right? And yeah. it's this build momentum. So. Well, I mean, we've covered so much. I mean, I loved your learning how to learn trust. Um, having the Polestar story all going in the same direction and I think it's so important if people will get hold of your book because it's so rich it's so fun to read we're actually featuring it in our magazine this time as well yep you're going to be out there even more so you can see just how much of a fan I am of of the content And, and I think it's you know you bring to life something that it doesn't have to be rocket science. It, it, it's, it's about being more human and dialing up that. You, and you can't go far wrong. And now I know what the thumbprint actually means or the big <laughs> fingerprint. That, that, I love that. But you're right. Just we are human. We're not robots. And, and let's do more of that. Thank you so much. So how can people contact you if they do want to get in contact with you for a conversation? Yeah, no, fantastic. So look, thank you. The um, so look, my, my my name's relatively unique, um, Casper Craven. So Google me, uh, but caspercraven.com yeah. or uh, bigboldgoals.com. Um, so there's the two uh, organisations. Well, one's me, obviously. So. One's you. We know who you are. Well, that's fabulous. Thank you so much, Casper, for taking the time today. I've really enjoyed our conversations. We've covered so many rich things, um, and I'm sure people will get inspiration and draw inspiration from from your stories and and your expertise. So again, thank you so much for joining us today. Day. In a pleasure. Thank you, Jay. Thank you. And for those of you who want to listen again, listening to more Coaching Culture podcasts because we have some more fabulous guests lined up. So thank you.